this is episode 40 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. How does that make you feel? Well, I guess this is where we get a midlife crisis, right? Isn't 40 where you start freaking out? So maybe I think episode, so, yeah, like episode 40 of the pod is where yeah. we kind of like, I think we got to buy a motorcycle. Yeah, divorce our wives, you know, strain our relationships with our children and uh, go out on the road. What would be the like analogy for like buying a motorcycle for what we do? Would it be like buying, making an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> grunge by what making, NFT like oh like I, I don't know what to I, do. I think it would be that or um or changing our bio to like something like influencer or something or using like yeah. the hustle emojis or something. Change cut our hair and change our name. <laughs> is this Everybody's where we go Trojan, got a drug dealer on speed is this, dial? Is this where we go Trojan horse and just change our whole our whole thing? <laughs> I think we do. There's no better time than the fortieth. Oh man, I don't know. It feels it feels good. Honestly, Chris, it does feel good. I mean. We're gonna we'll get to fifty two weeks straight. I have no doubt about that. Not missing one, and that that is something that um, I will be proud of, and I think you are too. So we're happy here at Grunge Bible. We are. So whether this is your first episode, your seventeenth, your thirty second, or your fortieth, um, we thank you for listening. My name is Chris Salona, as you might know, and I'm here with Ethan Shalloway, ready to bring it to you once more. Grunge Bible episode forty. We're back. So. Chris, how was the weekend? Uh, we're we're kind of knocking these out. So we, we just had a, a recording the other day. So we're back in the studio. How are you feeling today on this Monday? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. You know, the uh, the rhythm of the wheel is continuing. The weekend was not very uh, very restful. And to boot, uh, this, this is a Monday. And I spent two hours of my day today uh, on hold with the Internal Revenue Service regarding a uh, um, an envelope uh, a notice that I got that I apparently owed them some money and uh, I couldn't get through to anybody. I got to two hours and they said they were transferring me and they put me right back at the beginning. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pissed. Don't you feel just like helpless and powerless when you're sitting on hold and all of a sudden they put you to the end of the line and you can't, the virtual rate waiting room, you know, strikes again and you got nothing. It's like when you're trying to buy tickets and you're in that virtual waiting room and 11 o'clock hits and somehow, you know, you didn't know your spot in the line and now you're at you're out of luck. No tickets to see like Pearl Jam. It's like the equivalent Jam. of you go to see your favorite band and they have an opener who you don't like. And every time the opener goes off stage, they just come back on stage again. <laughs> it just never ends. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Or it's like you go and you're waiting for your favorite band. You watch the first two openers, and but you really need to go to the bathroom. And as soon as you leave, the, your favorite band comes on stage and you miss them coming on because you, you, you went at the wrong time and you're then you're behind the eight ball getting back, but yeah. So I'm 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 pretty disgruntled uh, because of those events. How are How are you today? I'm doing I'm doing okay. It's raining here. Uh, it's Monday. Um, at the end of the week, I'm heading off to Finland. Um, yeah, you to, are. to train at the Olympic Training Center there with our group. So we're gonna I'm gonna be there like ten days leading up till Christmas. So, um, you know, I feel like I got a lot I had a lot to take care of in the next few days, but. Everything is going to happen so quick. I'm going to get back, and I'm going to miss like I'm going to miss like all of the American like Christmas buzz. I don't really. I mean, we'll see. They got reindeer up north in the Scandinavian countries. Might be a sighting. Yeah, so maybe I'll see uh, Santa Claus. Well, I think Santa works his way from the uh, you know from the North Pole south, so he might be you might be on one of his first stops if you're lucky. (laughs) If I believed in him, no. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, you don't. Yeah, so. I'm doing well. Uh, I am. I'm really excited. Like I said, I feel like December is going to go by like this because once I get back, it'll be like the 23rd. Then boom, Christmas, and 
Um, but all, all together, um, I am doing well. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things. So it's good. Absolutely. Well, that makes one of us uh, who's in a good mood today. But uh, nevertheless, I'm always in a good mood when it becomes time to thank our patrons. Uh, and, and as we know, as we spoke about at the beginning of the episode, this is a special week. 40 seems like a big number, uh, just as people have uh, large 40th birthday parties to celebrate the end of their 30s. We're celebrating the end of our 30s. Shit is getting real now. And when shit gets real, you want to have people by your side. And, you know, we're very grateful for the fact that we've had we've had a, a good number of people by our side uh, for quite a while now, making this podcast possible. And those people are our top level patrons, and you know their names, but we have to say them because it's important that we recognize these individuals. And they are our number one fan from Australia: Victor Schaefer, Sonny Mashburn, Sue, Shannon Gorgon, Release, Laura Nyreen, Kayla Jean, Jamie Lynn, Jade Mercado, Alexis Shannon, Fuck Soup. And Anita from Grunge Magazine. Amen. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's always good to hear those names. And we are, in fact, extremely thankful. Yeah, it's not yeah. possible without you guys. I don't know, I don't know we, how motivated we'd, we'd be without having people um, yeah. you know, telling us yeah. <laughs> that, so, we, that so they like it. It goes without saying that uh, those individuals I just mentioned, uh, they are going to be in the VIP portion of the Grunge Bible 40th birthday party. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. If you want to be a part of that VIP section, come the fiftieth uh, birthday party. Uh, it doesn't take much. It takes two dollars. It's like the equivalent to a shitty cup of, cup of coffee, as we like to say. So, if you've been thinking about it, you've been listening, and you like what we do, um, I dare you. I double dog dare you to go and commit take that leap. Two dollars a month, if you can. And if you can't, just keep listening, keep subscribing, yada yada. Love you guys, but. Chris, what do we have on deck today for our December 17th release episode? We have we have we have something pretty exciting. So as we know, uh Christmas is drawing near. We're just uh we're 8 days away at the time of this release and this is the uh you know everybody all the little kids, all the adults even are are dotting their eyes and crossing their Ts on their wish lists. So uh today we decided uh to put together our wish list for a all-time grunge set a set list any artist any song mm-hmm. any time period put them together in concert form or if you were to attend and by some violation of the laws of time space and physics these bands with these songs from these eras were to follow one another one by one until the ultimate culmination um this is what we're doing so ethan uh i took some time to compile uh my yeah. list here as i know you did and what what, what are your thoughts on this exercise I think it's, I, I mean, I obviously I, I found it very enjoyable to write these stuff down. I took everything into account, tried to, tried to look up the, uh, you know, the year and the, the venues, if I could get really specific with that to kind of teleport to that exact moment in time. Because we talk about all the time how we, how we miss being able to see these shows live. There's nothing worse than um, missing a time frame when you could have went and saw them. So this is that. This is the um, you know making all things right and going back and and talking about what uh, I don't know talking about what it would be like if we did get, did be able to see whoever we wanted. So yeah, I found it I found it really cool. I tried to I tried to do my best with um, you know mixing in things that just historically I feel like I should be at uh, stuff that I maybe maybe aren't as big, but I still wanted uh, wanted to be able to see them and and just I don't know just kind of took the liberty to fill out a set list. It's kind of cool. 
Yeah, it is. I've done this a couple of times before. I think I did this with uh, Pearl Jam. They had released a um, uh, an application or a widget where you could kind of create your dream Pearl Jam set list. Mm, I remember doing I remember that. that yeah. It's kind of fun being the architect, and especially this one. I mean, this one is completely, you know, the gloves are off for, the, for this one. Yeah. I mean, you can pick anything that you want. Um, so I kind of thought of it like, uh, you know, you're you're standing there in the crowd, pro- probably a nice nice outdoor venue, maybe. Uh, you know, you're way up in the front in the pit, and, and you're waiting all day for the, you know for the tension to build. And finally, when you hear that first song, and I I tried to um, get a little bit of variety and kind of follow the tenor of what a lot of shows are. You know, the the tension builds for the big opener. You know, they they keep the high energy for a little bit, take it down for a little bit before bringing it back up for then you know you hit that nice intermission and you come back mm-hmm. rip some songs and then you know you have the encore obviously but real quick what are your thoughts on uh, on encores <clears throat> this is a great question um, and I I really do love encores I love um, anticipation for like when the band when stuff ends and people come back but I will say I've, I've hit a lot of shows in the recent like months and whatnot and the encores have, are just it just is a formality at this point and it becomes kind of lame like they kind of come back and it, it hasn't been the encores have not been good in like two years i feel like i haven't seen a good encore they just kind of come back they play the songs that you want to hear which is great but i don't know i don't know i haven't been i i haven't been as like impressed or kind of floored it's just kind of like the everybody stands around and and waits for them to come back out and they don't really it's never it's never a good timing they don't they, you know what i mean like it's not like when we get the loudest as a crowd they just have to go you know take their piss and you know get a drink <laughs> get a drink and then they come back i mean i don't know it's just been it's kind of been underwhelming lately and i i wish that like you know people would bring you know they should be a maybe i haven't been to a big enough show but i want to see you know bring on someone special for the encore bring out the other bands do but they've kind of been been a little lackluster for me lately but I do, I do love the aspect of more music at the end of a show. I fucking you? hate encores. There I we hate go. Them. I think they're the stupidest thing in the world because everybody knows that they're expected because yeah. I think most artists are given like a set slot of time to play. And then when the time's up, the time's up. So number one, everybody knows it's coming. So it's stupid. You know, you drop your instruments and you walk off stage for 43 seconds, take a swig of some sort of drink and come back out. I mean, it's, for, in my opinion, um, it's just wasted time that y- you could be playing. And it's funny. So I went to, um, this must've been like three or four years ago. I went to a drive by truckers show and that's, um, I guess they're kind of like a like a country rock and like a little bit of like southern rock jam band kind of job going on. So Jason Isbell, uh, he he had started in that band, and they're led by a a, a man named Patterson Hood, and uh, they were getting getting to that end part, and and in between one of one of maybe like the fourth to last song and the third to last song, he was like, you know what? He's like, fuck encores. He's like, that's just time taken away from me playing. So we're just going to keep fucking playing until they tell us to get off the stage. And, and I kind of, I appreciate that, you know, because I think it'd be different if you didn't know it was coming, but you all right. know it's coming, especially for like nowadays. I've yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like for, for a band like Pearl Jam, for, for example, where they close their shows with basically one of three songs. And until you hear one of those three songs, you know, the show's not over. I mean, especially half the time, you can even just see the guys like they're they're behind the drum kit or something. You can see them; they they're clearly not gone. So just just stay out there. I'm not a, yeah. It never it never did it for me. 
Um, and it's, like it a, still makes yeah. me laugh when people leave. Be, like, how do they not know that it's coming, you know? Yeah, I mean, it sounds, it's it's like a glorious idea. Like, back in the day, people just cheered so long. They wouldn't leave. They cheered right. so much that you had to come back on and play another song. And yeah. that sounds so epic. But like I said, nowadays, it's like a formality. Because it's, it's it's more or less guaranteed, so. Yeah, so. I feel like you got to earn know. it. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be big. Yeah, you got to earn it. And I've been gotta, in crowd. There's a lot of crowds that don't earn it. But they get it Dude, anyways. And that, and that would be awesome. That would be it. awesome. People, if like you know, I played the whole show, and they're like, you know, the crowd really wasn't giving it to me tonight, and I'm, I'm done. They don't get <laughs> I'm it. Taking an early night. <laughs> they don't get to hear "Kids" by M- MGMT. That's one of my favorite. Like when when bands like big bands that have like one or two hits in the public eye, and they and people go and they don't play them, and it's like, you know, what the, <laughs> what the hell? Like it's they the didn't play the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I'm. I think we're all kind of on the same page. I just want to hear the you know good music and if the crowd absolutely know. if they're good enough they get an encore but i feel like it hasn't been that way yeah no i, I would agree with that but uh so you know, you're for gonna, poster- but you but you scheduled a uh, an encore in the I did, show yes in, in keeping okay. with tradition i did schedule an encore for my show just because uh i feel like the listeners would be a little upset if i didn't so i had to uh, i had to appease them but i think i think it would be a good crowd i mean if after the first portion of this show, if it's not a good crowd, then you know we need to check the pulses of everybody in there. So um, I think I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty excited about my list. Uh, so am I. I'm I'm, I'm kind of jacked up for this right now. Yeah. Uh, me do you want to do like first five songs or do like you have you have an intermission? I do have an intermission. Okay. So is it like six songs in or something? My intermission is after the seventh song. Okay, perfect. So do you want to do you want to do like your first seven, and I'll kind of do I'll do like a similar thing. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about it? Yeah, let's All do right. it. So, All right, I'll, you're up I'll, first, Chris. I am up first. So, you know, you got to you got to put yourself in this space, you know, you're you know, so you're out in the hot sun and you're waiting and for me out of all of the grunge world, if there was one song that would fire me up, we're going to open up with Searching with My Good Eye Closed by Soundgarden, especially the guitars start and then they do, I don't know where it's sourced from or if they record in the studio, but they, they have that voiceover thing saying, this is my good eye. Do you mm-hmm. hear a cow? And then like everybody just goes fucking ape shit, you know, and, and things just get absolutely nuts, you know, and the drums kick in and, and Chris just goes absolutely wild. I think that would be the perfect opener. Um, you know, I would definitely select, you know, for the era, probably 1992 or so. I, I, I would say I'd pick a show where they were... Uh, opening for Guns N' Roses in Europe. I think that was absolutely fantastic. They stole the show there as, you know, as is customary for the mighty Soundgarden. But I think that one would just, you know, blow the hair off of your head and get you all started up. Um, so that is that is where my openers, um, that is where my opener would begin. Um, and, you know, the difficult thing about this set list is I tried to spread the love around. So, like, I'm a Soundgarden guy. I'm a Pearl Jam guy. I'm not a big Nirvana guy. Um, but there's some other bands I wanted to get in here. Um, so I figured, you know, Soundgarden comes on and plays Searching, and then we roll right into something that um, I think fits really well at the beginning of a set, and that would be Come Bite the Apple by Mother Love Bone. Ooh, I, I think like that, that, you know, so Soundgarden gets you going with Searching with My Good Eye Closed, and, and Come Bite the Apple is just a really, really great rock song, in my opinion. I don't really feel a whole lot of grunge per se or glam or whatever i just think it's a fantastic rock song it's got a great chorus um you know the 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 verse are pretty high pitched or or high tempoed rather and i think that it kind of keep things going 
Um, and obviously, you know, any time around 89 or 90 before Andrew Wood passed away, I mean, they were a fantastic band and Andrew Wood was so captivating. So I think that definitely has a place in my set list. Um, moving on to the third song, uh, you know, we're keeping the energy up and it, it doesn't get much more energetic than this song. This being a grunge show, obviously we know that this band has to make an appearance and that would be Mud Honey ripping into You Got It, Keep It Out of My Face. Um, I think that that's got to have a place in there. It is my favorite Mud Honey song. I think the energy is great. The message is great. You know, they say they, you know, just because you got it, I don't want it, you know. So um, that one's got to be in there. So that would be my third song. And, you know, pretty much any time after that album was released in 89, you know, any of their various tours from 90 or 91 or even 92 at the Reading Festival, um, some great performances in there. So, you know, anything from that time, I think they would be really, really great. And then that can kind of set the stage for the one contribution that Nirvana would make. I chose Breed for Nirvana, mm. um, not specifically because it's my favorite song, but because I think the um, the energy of the song fits really well at this part of the set. So it's like you open with Searching from Soundgarden, Come Bite the Apple goes into You Got It by Mudhoney, goes into Breed. And I mean, Breed is just so high tempoed. Um, a lot, a lot of energy. I mean, you know, Dave's drum work live is second to none. So that gets you going. And, and I'm a big fan of in shows where it's like, they get you, they get you going and then they bring you back down. So after breed, I bring it back down. I get the screaming trees out there to perform dollar bill, which is, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, 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 it's a long time favorite of mine. Um, it had been one of my top five stream songs on Spotify like three years in a row. This year finally broke the uh, broke the streak. It's not there anymore. Um, but I love Mark Lanigan, and I think this would be a great song to kind of bring it down to. Um, and I think you know before the uh, the Connor brothers and Mark Lanigan hated one another to the point that they probably wouldn't speak anymore. I'd probably get a performance from '92 uh, after Sweet Oblivion came out uh, to get this one going, um, and then. This is a song which they did not perform in their classic lineup very often. I, I don't even know if they performed it, you know, more than just at Unplugged. But I would want to hear No Excuses from mm-hmm. Alice in Chains. Um, so that came out in 94 with, uh, with Jar of Flies. So any time around there, they didn't, they didn't tour in 94 or 95, really. Um, so somewhere around that era, I think, before Lane took a turn, you know, furthermore than he did would be a great great thing to hear so it's like you you build up you keep the tempo going high the trees bring you down and you strip it down with a nice little acoustic acoustic intro to no excuses you get jerry ripping a nice little solo at the end um and that's our sixth song and we've been playing for a little bit so before the intermission i think there's only one place to go to and um recently this is the song that i i think virtually you know for all of their shows they they play prior to their intermission uh and i think it's got to be in there just because of uh you know what it signifies to me and just the importance of the song and what goes on during the song that would be porch by pearl jam Mm, uh they they pretty much closed their first act of their shows with this recently you know without fail i think it's a great spot for it you know it, it it builds things right back up. I, I love the sudden shift changes too, and, and bands have been known to do this. You know, they get some acoustic, acoustic numbers in there. They bring you down and they bring you right back up before the intermission. Um, that is what I would go with. One of the extended versions, maybe some rafter climbing, maybe not. Um, I, I don't want to spam the iconic moments in here, but you know, anything pre ninety six for this, I think would be would be great. 
because um, they, they jam it out for a little bit. I mean, Ed can do whatever he wants. You know, if he wants to spin on his chair, if he wants to climb the route, he can do whatever. I don't care. I just want to hear the song. And then that brings us to the intermission. So I think that's a pretty solid seven song run. Um, you got you got some variety for the bands. No, no repeat it. acts. And uh, you get some up tempo. You get some acoustic. You get some introspective. You get some, you know, fuck you in there. I mean, it's 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 got a little bit of everything. I love it. I believe that uh, we have so we have one, I have one repeat offender that I'll be uh, oh, yeah. that I also picked, which I enjoy. Um, I love the yeah. I, I love the opener. I love searching with a good eye. That's one of the songs that or uh, that I almost chose. I chose a different one from uh, the Lala concert. So uh, yeah, great great start. Great start. My <clears throat> my dream dream show would start. I probably you picked an outdoor venue. I think I would go indoor. Okay. Um, mainly because uh, it just loud. It just be louder. It just it would just make it a little bit more intimate right off the bat. Um, you know, you'd have to go outside to smoke your cigarettes. You couldn't do it right there. Uh, well, the pen, just, I mean, this was the '90s. Maybe yeah. anything goes. You know, we, we weren't alive, but uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it would have gone. Yeah. Um, and then they could do like more lights and stuff if they wanted. Um, and then I think, um, you know, we didn't talk about this, but as a, they didn't make it in my set list, but I think that the perfect band to open up for most concert would be Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, they would play their own set list for a half hour to get it going because they probably would do something crazy like, you know, just wear socks or, you know, wear <laughs> like big you know, who knows what they would dress in and do. So they would be super energetic for 30 minutes to get us really going before um, we get get the show going. And this is a well, one of our favorite guitar riff intros. Um, we talk about it very often. It just gets you really, gets you going really well. Um, and it would be uh, Dissident by Pearl Jam. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we are definitely going with the 1993 with Abra behind the kit, um, just pounding away. Uh, we haven't we've seen two shows and we haven't seen dissident yet so it's on our list and i think that it's an absolute killer um opening song i mean any of these songs could be great openers but we're going to go with dissident because um of our history with that song and we haven't seen it totally um second one is probably going to be sex type thing by the Stone Temple Pilots. Okay, and so they you play answer the what about Scott question nice and early. He's nice. right on the bill. And he was going to be um, that. He was actually going to be the opener. That song was going to be another great opening song. But dissident. I mean, you can't if if it's dark in that room and all of a sudden you hear that guitar come in. Yeah, you hear Mike uh, so you're, taking you taking yes. you to new heights. So I, I want that experience. But then Scott's going to come out dancing, moving around, um, probably like a. His performance at Reading that I just uh, put on Porch Radio actually um, was really excellent. That's kind of what made me think about um, this whole dream setless idea. So, sex type thing is will just be an incredible song. It's tough to it's tough with these bands to, to decide if you want a acoustic song from them or a live song from them. Because STP, I could go both ways, but I went with um, I went with Young Scott on on the big stage for it for this show. Um, then we're going to kick, keep it, keep it up, really kick it up a notch and keep it at high energy. And we're going to go Jesus Christ pose from the <laughs> yes. Lollapalooza set. I mean, and Chris would just come out and say, this one's for Jesus. And they would just, the drums would just absolutely start hammering away, Cameron back there. And, um, we've talked about this, um, with Lederman. He says it's like the perfect song from, uh, 
Soundgarden, and I was like, you know what? It really is. It has everything. It has the vocal range that you want to see from Chris. You need to hear. Oh, yeah. You need to hear those high, the high, the highs of his voice. And then it's just got incredible uh, instrumental. So that's easy. Straight out of the Lollapalooza set. Um, that takes us to uh, number four. And I actually, uh, I think I might move move one of my songs up um, just for a little bit more uh, rhythm later. And I'm actually going to say this is our one repeat uh, song, and it's got to be You Got It by Mud Honey. <laughs> Absolutely. As you said, it, they need to be in the set list. Um absolute banger of a song favorite one and yeah i think that we're just going to keep the energy high get some mark arm in there and just really enjoy listening to some mud honey um and then i'll go one uh man so at number five coming in we got our, our nirvana song and i made sure that i picked a performance so i was looking at performance or like you know times and whatnot and i made sure that i picked one that had pat smear in it because He's I need, important. I need, yeah, I need Pat Smear on stage. I mean, he's just, you know, the glue, the glue that he, people he don't realize. He was in fucking Nirvana, man. <laughs> people forget that Pat Smear was in Nirvana. Yeah, I need Pat Smear smoking a cig on stage. So, yeah. um, I went with Drain You, um, oh, yeah. specifically the Live and Loud um, in Seattle in '93. Um, just a really, really great performance. Um, Kurt's vocals are are awesome dave Grohl. it's a kind of poppy song so the energy's up but it's not so intense like their other stuff and also the other stuff that we had just listened to definitely um like it's really it's got a really really uh great drum track to it and uh kurt i mean kurt said that he thinks that song should have did better than smells like teen spirit he said he put a lot more work into it which is funny and he thinks that's just well altogether a great song and i i agree it's one of my favorite songs um, by them, and it was just it's such a great performance. Um, and then uh, so this takes us to number six, and I'm gonna have to say that I would I, I really want to be able to see Andrew Wood, so I also put Mother Love Bone in there, and I mean Chloe uh, Chloe Dancer is a beautiful song, so we'd probably I'd probably want to hear that. Uh, also, I mean. I don't know. I was torn between that and Stardog Champion, but probably Chloe Dancer. So we bring bring it down a little bit, um, and enjoy some some you know more intimate intimate music um, going on. Because you you could, you could roll that right in the Crown of Thorns. They did exactly. release that. Uh, yeah, you could get a two for one and, and and cheat the promoter a little bit, play a little bit longer. Exactly, and that's kind of what I had in mind. And I think that um, the respect for Andrew Wood throughout the, all the musicians and whatnot, and everybody, I think that it's only it's only fitting that um, that he's right there in the middle totally. of the set list. And then um, right, be, this would be the last song. Actually, I would say we take the intermission after that. I'll probably I'll probably cut it right there. That was uh, was that six songs? Yeah, you six had six right there, I believe. Yeah, so I'll I'll leave that for the intermission. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Those songs are all very intense. You got to bring it down a little bit at the end, but um, it was just yeah, it was such a I, good I time. Think, absolutely, I, I think Mother Love Bone at the end is is, is absolutely perfect because you know um, you just you know there's a little bit of quiet on the stage, and then Andrew Wood hops behind the piano to play Chloe. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty great. I mean, that'll 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 you know the best songs like that that you know are nice shift changes, tempo changes. It's like they get everybody to be quiet right away as soon yes. as they start. And I think as soon as you'd hear that, 
that piano, you know, Andrew Wood would kind of get everybody to pay a little bit of attention right after all the rockers that you just, right after drain you, I mean, you know, they bring you right back down and, and crown of thorns, you know, that, that kind of escalates into kind of like a, an, an epic, almost ballad type thing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a perfect end for the first, uh, for the first act of the show. And, and, and I definitely love the, uh, the inclusion of the stone temple pilots. I think sex type thing is fantastic. And yeah. it's in a good spot in the set. Yeah, I just um, I think that early early STP is uh, hard to beat. I, I, yeah, it's something I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss on stage, so put them in yeah. there. Absolutely. So we both have our first act. Um, I, I think they're both really great. We we seem to have followed similar blueprints, uh, which is which is great. Uh, you know, for for comparison's sake, because I think we're going to need to take some votes on this as to whose set list is better. So yeah, we've got the first act under you know under our belts, and after a nice little intermission, uh, I bring it right back in. So my my concept and my belief is that you know the start of that second act is basically you get you get a second shot at an opener. Uh, <laughs> I just, you get to open <laughs> things up again. And uh, I went right back to the well for my, uh, this would be my eighth song, my first song of the second act. And that would be Slaves and Bulldozers from Soundgarden. So everybody, oh, everybody's running... Everybody's running to get their beers and everything, and it, you know, it just starts off nice and slow with that, you know, apocalyptic drum beat from Matt Cameron. Um, specifically, I would pick the Pink Pop '92 version. It's like 15 minutes long. Um, so for my second act, I definitely took a little bit of a different strategy here, where I went with a couple of longer songs here to kind of fill, you know, nice. to kind of scratch that itch. If you wanted to hear some jams and, and improvs and whatnot, and and that version, you know, 1992 is absolutely out of this world. You know, they sample a few different songs, and you know, I think Kim's playing the guitar with his beard or with his teeth or something at some point. It's a, it's got something for everybody, in my opinion. So that that bring people right back in and kind of you know, you remember you know you remember why you're there pretty pretty quickly. You know, you, mm-hmm. you shuffle back from the uh, you know from the concessions or you know from the bathroom line or whatever because you, you don't want to miss you right. don't want to miss slaves <clears throat> and bulldozers. You know. Not at all. Yeah, you can't be missing that. So um, for the next one, for the ninth song, um, which would be um, because, you know, I, I had to account for time here a little bit. I, I had a couple of longer songs. I mean, Porch is, is definitely longer there. Um, you know, Searching With My Good Eye Closed to Open was long. Slaves and Bulldog, I mean, that's 15 minutes right there. So I had to be cognizant of time here, you know, for playing on a bill with multiple acts. So we're closing it down. Uh, before before the encore, but we we don't know it's coming. So as far as we're concerned, this is the ender. Um, I switch. I get a little temple of the dog in here, and it might not mm. be what you think. I go to reach down by mm. Temple of the Dog, and it's like an eleven or twelve minute just epic of a song. Mike McCready plays out of his mind on here, um, and definitely you know I'm partial to the powers of McCready. I'm partial to the work of Soundgarden. So you know. Put them, put them together here. I mean, you yeah. get, you know, you get Temple of the Dog going out here and, and reach down. I just think it's, it, once again, it's got a lot of those different elements. And I think it's, you know, it's it's got a good climax to it. And at the end, they kind of bring it down and, and, and close up shop with that. So, you know, prior to the encore, I, I think, you know, an extended version of Slaves right into Reach Down from Temple of the Dog, you know, both probably, you know, certainly the Slaves and Bulldozers from Pink Pop 92, um, and reach down, you know, 
I'd, I'd want the 2016 version uh, from when mm. they went on their tour, uh, the last, you know, the, the final Temple of the Dog tour for the uh, the 25th anniversary. That's that's the band I'd want out there just because I think they were so seasoned by that point that they were just absolutely automatic. That's that's what I would pick to close up the uh, to close up my set. So what about you? You're coming back on the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the intermission's over. What is what is the Ethan Shalloway grunge band rip into yeah. to open up? <clears throat> Well, it's so funny because you come back and you see it as the, uh, you know, another chance to bring Soundgarden on. And <laughs> I I kind of went, I went the opposite. I was like, I want, I want it to still be dark. And instead of ripping into it, I want to have Jerry and uh, Lane up there. And I want to get some, uh, it was a tough choice. I went from the unplugged set. I, I decided that I could only pick one, pick one unplugged song from any of the four bands. And I decided that I wanted to see Alice in Chains unplugged. And uh, I I chose Nutshell. I feel like wow. Yeah, I, I wanted to That's get something sobering. You know, an hour and fifteen minutes into this show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, the the show the show has two acts. You know, I mean this this side is very different than the last. But um, yeah. I just thought I I mean I I thought I wanted to see that side of Alice in Chains. I really want. I mean, I would I want to see. And maybe he'll come, maybe Lane will be back for more later. But I wanted to see acoustic. I wanted to see Jerry and him harmonizing and and doing some um, some lower end stuff. So so yeah, we'd come back in. It would be it would be quite like I said. We're inside. It's dark. It's a small it's a small venue. So oh, we had man. to we had to access that. I'm kind of I'm kind of like chilling up, just kind of thinking about that. You know, the lights are still dark, and then you hear you hear he's, that half step down acoustic, and he's wearing oh, this, the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the next one. This is gonna. This will. This one will uh, probably surprise you. <laughs> um, I would. I'm, the I'm actually, they're all my honorable mention. I, I didn't put. I put Boris on my honorable mention list, but because just for you know, you shits to. and giggles, yeah. But yeah. now the next song is actually. I don't know why, but I want to see hum play stars from wow <laughs> from a deep ni- cut 1995 we got put on to him a couple of years ago and i just kind of want that alternative uh progressive rock and roll i mean i want shorts high socks and guitar riffs and so <laughs> that's that's a recipe for success right there so right after right after nutshell they're gonna come on and they're just gonna play and it's gonna be ethereal it's still dark you know they got the fog machine going on and then it's like quiet, and then he's just ripping into some guitar, um, and then same thing for my for my closing song. <laughs> I left it up to the man of Mr. Billy Corgan. <laughs> I oh left, my goodness! I figured it fit well with with Hum. It fit well with the whole atmosphere, and I wanted him to come out. And I kind of bounced around, but I ended up with um, Mayonnaise because it, it is like my favorite song, and I think it has an incredible ethereal start to it a good yeah. guitar work the whole time and then he rips into some just some great um like well level with solos with, with stars right there i think i i can see a bridge there yeah and that's exactly why i chose them too so and i think corgan would be really good to have on stage at the end i don't know what he would exactly would do who knows how long it would go but um <laughs> Who knows if you even want to go on? Maybe you'd say, fuck this. I'm not playing on a bill with these losers. 
<laughs> but yeah, I figured I'd, I'd figured I'd get Smashing Pumpkins up on there. Um, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know if you'd be uh, putting them on there, so I decided to. Yeah, I like that. I tell you, I did not expect Hum to make oh, an yeah. appearance on this All Star bill, but I like it. You know, and Dinosaur Junior just missed out. I, 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 I was I was expecting Feel the Pain. <laughs> yep, I have to, <laughs> I have I have Dinosaur Junior in my uh, in my. Uh, honorable mention i I switched them out for mud honey actually because i needed mud honey on there absolutely wow so you 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 close out with mayonnaise so it's like you send everybody away contemplating life and just every single choice they've made for the last you know 15 years of their life and i send them away just reach down yeah, do you mind if I go ahead and bring bring show my encore real yeah, quick? Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear it. Yeah, because I'm I'm in my feels thinking about yeah. leaving with with stars and mayonnaise to to close up the show yeah. and nutshell. I mean, and nutshell. On. Well, get this. Then I bring him back. I bring him back with. It has to be done. We have to see Mad Season out there. So, oh. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's cliche, but I, I mean, I really want to see River of Deceit, and it fits. It fits the whole like theme of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, Lane comes out and, and we play, I mean, I've tried to, I was trying to look up some live performances that I want to see and I don't really have a specific one. So, um, yeah, just river of deceit. It's, it's just such a beautiful song that we talk about often. And I just think that I want to hear it. I want to be able to hear that live. Um, so that would be the, uh, 10th song of the night. Um, and then for the final song, we bring back bring back everybody and uh, well we bring back Temple the dog <laughs> and uh, probably listen to some hun- hunger strike to oh, send, yeah. us, you get send everybody us on our sing way. Along there. Yeah, that would be great. It's just a beautiful song at the end. I was trying to think of getting you know Eddie and Chris back up there and um, you know it's a song that you want to see. Like I was I was looking through some of the versions and um, when they would. Was it the '92 where they played on the sideshow? The and it side was like, stage, yeah. Unannounced, yeah. Chris and Eddie just got up there. I think it was during Ice Cube was actually on the yeah. main yeah. stage at that time, and everybody comes running to this side little stage to see Chris and Ed taking yeah. care of it because they didn't, they didn't, they you know throughout Chris's life right. they did not play it together that often. I there's only I think there's like three or four times that I can think of um, that you know the two of them sang that song together. So. Yeah. Uh, you know the pickings are limited, but that w- that would have been magical. I'm definitely I'm also a subscriber, and it seems like you are too. That the you know the final song of the encore kind of has to be something where like everybody can put their arms around one another and just you know end on a good note where you're feeling good. Yep, the last waltz. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I shall be released. <laughs> yeah, that is that is fantastic. I like that a lot. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I th- I think like I said, yeah, kind of get a little chills thinking about it. I don't know if I'd like the first half or the second half better, but mm-hmm. both uh, just would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, but where? So how about you? Where's Where's your encores? Uh, how, yeah, how they so, come in? Well, well, the show the show ended with Reach Down, uh, but because they've been such a good crowd and they've <laughs> been singing along and they haven't had to throw anyone out of the pit. Um, we're coming back out for two more songs, you know, as is customary. Uh, and my first song that I come back out with is a, uh, uh, it's actually an edit. Uh, we're calling in a band that hasn't made an appearance quite yet. Um, you know, they were, they were hanging around, so we decided to put them out there. And the song selection is probably not one that um, maybe many would pick, but the Stone Temple Pilots are going to make their long-awaited appearance here. I didn't forget about Scott. And uh, they're, they're going to go on and, and, and start off the encore uh, with a song off the Purple album called Still Remains. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, 
I just think about the instrumentation on there and the lyrics. Um, and it's, it's got one of my favorite Scott Weiland lyrics of all time. And it's just, you know, it's just one phrase, but, uh, the lyric is drink the wine and save the water. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just such a great song. And, and I think it maybe kind of fits the encore vibe a little bit. Um, and it's one that's always kind of, uh, you know, kind of resonated with me. It just, it just sounds great to me. Um, so, you know, they, they come on and, and bring it on for that. And then, if you know me and you've paid attention to anything I've done with Grunge Bible, you probably might know uh, what my final song is to send everybody away. In my opinion, it's probably the greatest closing song uh, for any rock concert or for anything. And Pearl Jam comes back out and sends you on your way with Yellow Ledbetter. Lead yeah, I was it has just, to be uh, Ledbetter. Yep, yeah. <clears throat> as expected. Yeah. Awesome. Yep, and 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 for the eras, you know, I would definitely want something for that STP to be around. You know around 94 95 you know when scott was still you know performing at, at his best before you know he really began to struggle um and then for pearl jam you know i think so much of the experience with yellow Ledbetter just depends on what type of flavor mike wants to give to the soloing uh you know he's done a lot of different things with that solo um and the lyrics obviously ed has done a lot of different things with the lyrics and and, and i don't listen to that song to listen to what ed has to say i listen for mike I listened for that solo, and we we actually heard that uh, at the Wrigley Field concert in 2018. They closed with it. Uh, it was a bucket list song that I wanted to hear Pearl Jam perform, and they performed it. Uh, but I just I can't think of a better song, you know, to play to send everybody home on a good note. Um, you know, I just think I just think it's the perfect song to close with. Yeah, uh, that is. You cannot go wrong with that. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for a lot of good reasons. And yeah, the soloing, I mean, it's a great choice. Great choice. Yeah. So in review, uh, my set list uh, front to back, Let's uh, hear just it. so everybody can be refreshed. Searching with my good eye closed by Soundgarden. Um, Come bite the apple from Mother Love Bone. Then that leads into You Got It, Keep It Out of My Face from Mud Honey. Then Nirvana comes on and rips into Breed. Then we have The Trees with Dollar Bill, moving on to No Excuses by Alice in Chains, Porch from Pearl Jam, Nice Little Intermission, Soundgarden brings us back with Slaves and Bulldozers, Temple of the Dog makes an appearance, giving us a great version of Reach Down, and then the encore, because we've been such good music fans, the Stone Temple Pilots play Still Remains, and then Pearl Jam comes back out to play Yellow Leadbetter. It's just amazing. That sounds that sounds like such a joy. Uh, I'd love to be right there next to you, and yeah, then maybe maybe the following weekend we could go to my show where absolutely. Uh, if I'm giving <laughs> giving a quick rundown, uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers they get a 30 minute 25. I'll give them 20 minutes. They get 20 minutes before the show to get everybody pumped up like a pep rally. Then we got Dissident, um, Pearl Jam starting it off, Abrazis on the drums, uh, heading into Sex Type Thing by Stone Temple Pilots. Bringing in Jesus Christ pose uh, from the Lollapalooza set by Soundgarden. Uh, you Got It by Mud Honey. Kicking, uh, bringing on Nirvana so we can play Drain You uh, with Pat Smear, obviously. Um, then we have Chloe Dancer uh, slash Crown of Thorns, double feature by Mother Love Bone. And that's the, yeah, final. That was the final for the intermission. And then coming back after the intermission, we got. Nutshell by Allison Chains, getting getting low. Um, hum, coming on and playing Stars, going right into Mayonnaise by Smashing Pumpkins. Um, 
And then we have River of Deceit by Mad Season. Then we're going to finish it strong with Ed and Chris singing Hunger Strikes. We all can sing together. And that is my dream set list. That is great. And, and you know, this is, I think the thing about this genre is, you know, as we've mentioned many times, there's not really a whole lot going on. There's not really a whole lot of new life being injected into it. So, you know, how we listen to these songs and how we think about these songs really is the primary, you know, life giver for this genre. So I think an exercise like this, you know, it gets you thinking about the songs in a different way. And it's also pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. I have a question for you about your set list. Were there any late, late revisions or did you change any of the songs around? I know you said you, you moved sex type thing up one, but uh, there were, there were two changes that I made to my set list, um, you know, that partially were inspired by some of your selections and then also just kind of thinking, you know, thinking on the fly. So it's it, it's kind of an authentic element because you see the set list and they always, you know, something's sharpied out, yeah, something's added, I, the arrows everywhere. I Yep, my same thing. I had a few things switch up. I actually, at first I had Hunger Strike and River Seat switched, but then I, I switched them. I moved yep. I moved You Got It. That was a late addition. I had to move that up because it didn't fit with the second half of the show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was definitely a few little, and I had, I had like I said, I had Dinosaur Jr. on there. I had Sonic Youth on there, but I couldn't really decide on what song, so I, I left them out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of fun. It was, it was, it is fun. It is a nice little practice to kind of, kind of like where, like what songs and why, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So for me, I made I made two revisions. Um, so I moved uh, I moved "Come Bite the Apple" up to the second song. Uh, originally, I was gonna go searching right into "You Got It" by Mud Honey, but I decided that "Come Bite the Apple" was gonna fit better after searching before "You Got It." Uh, and then my next um, kind of revision here uh, was actually in the encore. So originally. Um, for the encore, I had Alice in Chains returning to the stage to play Sunshine, but I think Jerry got into a fight with somebody backstage, and and the Stone Temple Pilots were around, and you know I, I felt like it was necessary to get them on there. And yeah. um, originally, um, they were thinking about playing Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. but then they decided that I they wanted to that. go a little bit little bit deeper into the catalog and pick Still Remains. Um, I, I don't know if uh, the DeLeo brothers were able to find their acoustics. Uh, you know, so they had to they had to stick to their electric uh, instruments there and uh, and hammer that home. But those are those are my submissions. You know, definitely. You know, you said Dinosaur Junior and Sonic Youth. You know, weren't able to make the cut. I definitely I had wanted to get L Seven in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also wanted to get Primus in there. Maybe Primus would have I, been my opener. I was I was thinking Primus and Tool. I was like, do I bring them in? I was to say, what other bands did we miss? Did we miss like? I think I think yeah. Those I mean, there's, are the main. there's so many bands that it, it's so difficult. I mean, you could you could have put Hole the in there. You could have put Local H. You could have put Tad in there. Local um, H, yeah. You know, there's there's so many there's Creed. so many. You know, maybe even Green River or something. You know, yeah. um, it's just it's it's hard it's hard to think about. Um, also, another thing that is just coming to mind, but the show is over, so there's no going back. Is that. Uh, all of the individuals from Right Turn by Alice in Chains uh, credited to Alice Mudgarden because uh, Chris Cornell and Mark Arm also gave vocals. This would have been the one chance in history to have them sing that together. But uh, we missed out. I mean, sound. Chris was there, Mark was there, and obviously Lane, Jerry, and the rest of Alice in Chains were there. But they didn't, I don't know if they, they maybe they didn't think of it or they couldn't, <laughs> you know, they hadn't rehearsed it, so they didn't want to do it. But that's that's a big missed opportunity with my set list. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's yeah, big miss. But what are you going to yeah. do? It's impossible to get everybody on there. Uh, yeah, I think we're sending everybody home happy with this, with, with our set lists, though. 
1,000%. We'll have to do this again. We'll have to come back. I want to do like a... Uh, maybe maybe not like pick the songs, but we'll just kind of like do a, a draft. I've, I've heard someone do this. They do a draft of bands and kind of like, you know, put together a festival, like a dream festival and stuff. So maybe we'll do some so, something like this in the future because um, that was pretty fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and definitely if anyone's out there listening and enjoyed listening to ours and feels so inspired to create their own their own set list of uh, of Seattle, oh, not Seattle, but just, you know, 90s bands in general, because not even grunge, because we had bands other than Mud Honey on the bill. Right. Um, I would, I'd, I'd love to hear it. You know, it's interesting how people's, you know, tastes and perspectives kind of inform what their choices would be. Because um, mine, mine certainly did with the heavy diet of Soundgarden. Um, yeah, they were the only band that I think got two. Um, yeah, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam both, oh, Pearl both Jam played got two, two songs yeah. apiece. Um, Alice in Chains was originally slated to, but uh, as we said, Jerry, uh, yeah, Jerry, Jerry got into an altercation. So, Jerry, uh, I can't imagine him being so uh, hostile. I never, could. <laughs> I know, right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> this doesn't seem like it, but <clears throat> seriously, awesome. Well, if you guys are still listening, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Like I said, we have a lot of fun doing this. Um, Keep listening. Uh, We really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. Um, Absolutely. And one thing for all of our Apple Music listeners out there, um, unlike Spotify, because Spotify still has to get their shit together and allow this, um, Apple Music, you have the ability to leave a review and to uh, rate the show and give it a starred review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you're enjoying the show, um, if you could take you know the mm-hmm. minute or two minutes that it takes to navigate over and fill out a review, you can leave a comment in the review or you could just give us some stars. That really helps us in a big way. Uh, you know, When we launched the show, we had a lot of people go out there and rate it, and it really helped us out. And lately, they've been coming in, but a little bit more slowly. And I know that there's more listeners out there that haven't done it so far. So if you're out there listening on Apple Podcasts, um, even if you're listening on Spotify, but you have the Apple Podcast app, go on over, be a dissident for a second, leave a review on that platform. That would really help us out. And for anyone who's listening on Spotify, uh, go ahead and, and follow the show. Uh, we're at 2,500 followers on Spotify for the Grunge Bible Podcast, which seems like a good number, just like 40 episodes seems like a good number, but who can be certain for sure? Um, and otherwise, if you're if you're one of the proud few on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like and comment. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all good stuff, you know, because it helps us out. But we also enjoy, you know, enjoy reading the comments and the reviews and, and just enjoy the back and forth that uh, you yeah. may know well through our Instagram page. Yeah, abs 100 percent. And um, as far as schedule, I think we're going to get a little bit more into the stats for our year in review podcast episode coming up. We got a, I think we will, a couple the, weeks away. Yep, we got two more before the year's out. Um, one that'll be centered around some, you know, holiday music, and then the other will be a year in review. And I think we're both pretty excited about that to kind of go and talk about talk about some numbers um, that we've experienced over the year and and what what stuff did well and what you guys enjoyed and just where how far we've come in a year in the words of matchbox 20 (laughs) let's see how far we've come unbelievable i didn't that song was so big when i was in middle school dude it was was from it was from exile on mainstream their (laughs) album because they totally ripped off the stones (laughs) we um we used to play that song chris that was one of the was one of the original songs that we used to play that does not surprise me it was so hard to learn on the drums when i was young the the speed behind it i thought it was like i don't know it was a great song. You know, Matchbox 20, 
don't know. I might just listen to them this they afternoon. They have their play. I mean, that, that yeah. first album, Yourself or Someone Like You, I think it was called, with 3 a.m. And <laughs> oh, man, I've, I always have a soft spot for Matchbox 20. Oh I man, maybe it'll Thomas. make it. Maybe it'll make it in the uh, song of the weeks. One of these. Uh, one of maybe. These yeah. Speaking times. of which, um, I'm very excited about mine. I want mine to be the the, the 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 second one that we share, though. So I'm gonna I'm gonna request that you uh, you lead us in because I don't think you're gonna be able to top mine. So I'm not even gonna give you the opportunity to do so. <laughs> not a problem. I, I like I like the confidence behind that. That's totally respected. Um, my my song of the week. I actually just I posted it uh, just recently, and I, I was in the weight room on Saturday on Friday, and I was I was getting hyped up, and I put on some heavy rock and roll. Um, and when I say heavy, like some some screaming and some you know some metal stuff. And but <clears throat> my song it was it was a cover, but the original. I'm gonna shout out the original because it's the great the great Dio, um, and it's Holy Diver, and <laughs> it's just classic. You know, just metal guitar. I can just, I've watched a few of, of him online. I mean, Dio's just an incredible guitarist. A lot of people love him. I posted, I posted Jack Black singing it because it was just an incredible it's Jack version. Black, you know? Yeah, it's, I just love that guy so much. He's hilarious. And he, he has an incredible vocal uh, range himself. He's extremely talented. But um, the song in general, I just was like, man, I was like, I got to listen to. I don't know if we could be talking about. You know, staying heavy, you know, these days, but I'm like, kind of getting into this little bit of a metal, like kind of the old school stuff and I'm really loving it. So I'm putting uh, Holy Diver on there. Um, so you'll be able to get your uh, taste of metal on the playlist now. That but is great. I guess that has nothing, that doesn't hold a candle to what we're about to hear from you, Chris. So let's, let's get right into it. What do we got? I do appreciate the inclusion of, of that song because it definitely is a genre that, uh, you know, we don't listen to much and, and personally I don't enjoy uh, and don't value. But uh, mine, <laughs> mine is coming from the potentially critically acclaimed 1973 album <laughs> from the great Shel Silverstein. <laughs> so he released an album in 1973 called Crouching on the Outside. And I shared the photograph of the album cover uh, on Grunge Bible on uh, on December the 6th. It was a Sunday night. Possibly the creepiest photograph that's ever made it to an album cover. The most grungiest album cover I've ever seen. Has to it be. Is incredible. So I didn't know this. Somebody commented... Shel Silverstein wrote a boy named Sue for Johnny Cash, and he wrote he wrote the uh, pretty much the entire catalog for um, Doctor Hook. You know the song "Cover of the Rolling Stone." He wrote all wow. that apparently. So not only was he you know a children's book writer, <laughs> he wrote he wrote hit songs for Johnny Cash. He recorded music himself. <laughs> he took the creepiest photographs of all time. <laughs> And this one is from that uh, that album, Crouching on the Outside, and it's a song called The Ugliest Man in Town. So my song of the week is The Ugliest Man in Town by Shel Silverstein. Partially, I think the song is kind of funny. Um, I think Shel is hysterical. I think he looks hysterical. I think his writing is hysterical. It's just, it's just, it's it, you can't top it. There's, there's no beating it. Um... And it's you know it's just a song that it's, everybody needs to hear. It is, and as it's you more would importantly say, than important. the song. It's an album cover that everyone needs to see. Yes, I. This is this is great news. I didn't even think about. It. I guess I guess authors can be can write good lyrics. Yeah, it, it makes sense so. that. Wow, the ugliest man in town. That with that album cover is just. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> 
that's a child. That's one of the best children's book writers in you know history, right? Yeah, Big Shell. <laughs> Dude, that that's a great one. Great call, Chris. Big Shell is grunge as fuck. Heck I just yeah. decided he's he. You know, we have a lot of power with this Instagram page, and and I think we need to use our power to uh, somehow. Get Shell Silverstein into the uh, the grunge influences com you know, not enough conversation. Know him, yeah, not yeah. enough people know what he looks like. I guess. <laughs> I mean, That's he inspired sure. Kurt Cobain. He inspired Jerry Cantrell to write uh, to write higher from Human Clay. So, oh, Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, all inspired by him. Well, that just is that's the best news I've heard all day. That's yeah. actually incredible. Turn your day around real quick. Wow. That's great. Uh, so what an episode. Um, thank you guys all again. I hope you enjoyed our, our set list talk and then our Shell Silverstein talk. And uh, we'll be back same time next week for another episode of the GB podcast. But until then, stay heavy, rock and roll. Anything, anything else, Chris? Stay fucking heavy. Ever, ever since Eric said that during our interview, I think that's got to be... Uh... It's gotta be something it. that we uh, something that we continue on. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And as Ethan said, we'll see you and uh, we'll be in your ears this time next week. So take care, rock and roll, rock and roll. Rock and roll.